0: Welcome to the Onassis Air Conversations. My name is Mirtokatsimiga. I'm a curator and cultural worker based in Athens and your host in this series of recorded encounters with the participants of Onassis Air. Founded on the principles of learning and doing with others, Onassis Air is an international research residency program in Athens initiated by the Onassis Foundation in 2019. They say that what happens in one place stays in that place. I cannot find a better way to describe all the things that have been happening inside the Onassis Air House since I first entered as a participant of the Critical Practices Program in Fall 2019. The truth is, it is not easy to transmit an open-ended process of relationing which is very personal and relevant to a specific place and moment in time. How can I then give you a glimpse into that process? Everything starts with a conversation. Throughout this series, I'll be speaking with the Onassis participants to shed light on their artistic practices and needs, as well as to reflect on ways of being and working together. Today, I'm having a conversation with Marta Kyle. Marta is a Polish performing arts curator, writer, and researcher currently based in Utrecht. Her curatorial and research practice focuses on the potentiality of alternative processes of instituting and on redefining modes of transnational artistic cooperation. Marta is a participant of the School of Infinite Rehearsals Movement Six, with a collective research focus on modes of governance through the lens of institutions. In this conversation, we draw from Marta's experience to discuss feminist approaches on instituting otherwise. Marta, welcome to Pali Room. Thank you. So nice to at least visually be back here. It's very nice to uh, be able to talk with you again. I'd like to start with your uh, background um, as a first question. You have a background in cultural studies and dramaturgy. And you have been active in the field of performing arts in Poland and internationally for many years. As arts professionals working in a rather precarious field, we either work with or for continuously moving inside and outside institutions. And I'm very interested to locate your specific interest on the subject of uh, instituting. How did you start uh, engaging with this question?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you so much, Marzo, for
1: that. Um, I I think uh, it has started already with a decision that we um, that we made um, at, uh, together with uh, my partner and very often co curator partner in crime too, Grzegorz Ureska. Um When we started to curate a festival, Performing Arts Festival in Lublin in Poland, uh, I was 2013. One of our first decisions was to um, see the festival or at least attempt uh, to see the festival as a public institution and to try to translate the festival uh, duties, responsibilities, goals, uh, desires into the framework of the public institution and I think that was exactly the moment when uh, the whole uh, journey with the notion of the institution started for me um and the reason why we decided to look at the festival from that perspective was that um we realized that in, in, in the local context in Poland uh festivals were very much as basically in many other countries in Europe and beyond, uh, a result of this neoliberal shift uh in the arts field to um produce and present as much as possible. So in after the um the communist regime collapsed. Uh, we all of a sudden witnessed a kind of explosion of the festivals. So in 2013, 14, you would have more festivals in Poland than the days in the year. So you would have at least two festivals taking place every day professional, amateur, and that would relate mostly to the performing arts field, so theater and dance, mostly theater. Um, and then we realized okay, aren't we in a way um, part of this market system? Aren't we also willingly or not, uh, adding to this uh, constant uh, race towards the newest, the best, the most attractive? What does it mean to give a visibility to certain artists and uh, not give it to the other ones? So what are the consequences of the curatorial choice? Um, What is the role of the festival uh, and its responsibility towards the local audiences? What does it mean to do a festival? And in a situation where there are so many festivals in a given um, country, what does it mean to focus on the international transnational works? Um, so these were the questions that were really important for us and then we realized that actually translating the notion of the festival to, to the idea of the public institution that is grounded in a particular context and that is public meaning it belongs not only to the one who found it, or who financed it, or who shaped it, but also to the ones who receive it, who who received it, and who uh, witness it. Um, and then we're wondering: what if uh, we think of a festival that belongs both to its publics and to 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 the artists? And what would then the role of the curators be? Uh, is it is it the role of curator mostly of the one who brings the ideas, and then Creates best possible conditions for them to happen, or is it a role of the facilitator mostly between the artist and the audience, or between the artist and their possible collaborators? Um, Is this role of someone who reads the context carefully and then produces the context also? So that was the key of our... um, of our research and of understanding also that basically um, institution can have a very strong political impact as a notion, as, a, as an idea, as a construct. Um, and um, I realized very, very quickly that that the idea to um, run away from the need from an institution or to create something outside of institutions is very often an illusion um, because As a society, we in a way are in a constant process of instituting ourselves, meaning uh, negotiating or following certain ways how we gather, how we talk to each other, how we build relations with each other. Maybe what is uh, more important to do or what was more or felt more important to do back then was to try to see how can we change the institutions within which we operate from inside and that's, that's the decision to um, to kind of benefit from the privilege of being the ones who at some point have had the chance to shape an institution and shape in a festival. And and then from there, um, another kind of path or another kind of interest on the institution unfolded, um, which was um, an attempt to introduce the notion of the feminist institution and the... Um, uh, Polish and not only Polish context, as a not as an idea, not as an as a topic only, um, but basically as a mode of work. And this is, for instance, one of the one of the um, core um, goals that we had together with my two colleagues Agata Demisz sitek and Igor Stokfiszewski, when we developed the project, um, uh, the agreement at Powszechny Theatre in Warsaw, which aimed at translate the public institution of the theatre into a feminist one. Maybe I should also add here why I'm constantly referring to the notion of the public institution. This is again very much grounded in the, in the local context of Poland, which is um, where the performing arts field is dominated by the public institutions, so by the institutions that would be run um, and financed by uh, the, either the city or the um, or the state. Um, which is, on one hand, a luxury to have public subsidies for the art. On the other hand, since this model really dominates the field, we don't really have alternative um, proposals. Or um, the independent field is really scarce uh, in terms of the possibility to grow, because the most doesn't have a support, or it almost doesn't have infrastructures to to exist within. We don't really have an access to the private funds, that's very limited, which makes the situation very complicated when uh, the government changes. Every time when the government changes,
0: uh, the institutions feel it. First of all, thank you very much for giving us a little bit of a context of the situation in Poland. Um, I think that in a way we are experiencing a A quite similar situation in terms of how the political situation in Greece often um, changes um, affects the way that public institutions work and produce uh, today. I wanted to divert a little bit from uh, the um, the script because you the way that you brought forth the idea of the public institution to me brought uh, to my mind the. Issue of account, account, accountability, mm-hmm. um, and I was wondering on a practical level through the um, through the organization that you co-run, what were your goals um, on maybe a longer term, but also a shorter term in terms of the um, the reform of the institution.
1: Mm-hmm. You mean the Performing Arts Institute that yes. uh, the Koran in Warsaw, um, indeed we um, we actually haven't created that institution, but we when, but we inherited it from the colleagues, um, also from the performing arts field, who um, were happy to receive finally a venue and therefore decided to focus on their venue. Uh, it's Komuna Warszawa, one of the hubs for the independent performing arts field in Warsaw. And then knowing that we are looking for an opportunity uh, to continue our work with Grzegorz after we were fired from, from the festival in Lublin, uh, we were offered that, that organization and we invited four other colleagues uh, who are theater artists based in Warsaw to koranets so there are six of us. Uh, who do it. We also changed the profile of the Performing Arts Institute a bit and indeed the main goal for us was to offer um, yeah, other ways of instituting than the ones we all witnessed so far in the field of, of Polish theatre landscape. One of the main, um, let's say area of work was trying to redefine the position of the artist and the institution, meaning Mm, the position of the, of the artist that is being invited to a theater to do a production, which obviously is a very, that's a very hierarchical relationship, uh, not only because of the finances, not only because of the employer and the employee, for, at least for a moment, for the time of, uh, where, when the production takes place, but also, um, it's this uh, precarious position of the artist invited very often manifests in the moment when, um, there are general rehearsals taking place and there is a moment when the director of the institution that invited an artist comes to see the show um, legally uh, the management of the theatre is entitled to uh, reject the the performance completely so not to accept it if they don't like it, which would mean for the artists invited and their team not to be paid the whole amount of the fee and that their effort of yeah, some weeks and months of common work would go um, would 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 be destroyed, and then our proposal was very again practical. What if instead of an artist has to at some point confront the opinion of the management of the theater? What if we um, support that very artist as a collective? So at the moment when the when the the management of the theatre comes to see the show, there is not a one, one person and his closest team in front of them but there are actually six of us in a row. So there's there is a multiplicity of voices. Uh, we started that with uh, the works of, uh, of our own because that was of course the easiest way to do it. So whenever a, uh, one of the colleagues, whenever they would have another premiere approaching, we would come to the theatre with them no matter where it's situated in Poland and we would um, give them feedback and we would then manifest that it's not an individual actually coming to a a large body of the institution but actually there are few bodies of us it's a multiplicity of voices that is present and uh we realized that that presence really strengthened the position of um, uh, the, the the theater director or the of the artist responsible for a given production but also we realized that what what was extremely helpful was not to be alone in the process. So, and uh, for instance, we would give ourselves feedback also much earlier in the, in the process. Um, for instance, at the very beginning when the concept is being made, then later at the moment when the script is being written, really depending on every single production. So we would be present in each other's work as a collective that supports each other on many different layers of, of the process. It's a really small gesture, but the very process also of negotiating the presence of the collective at some of the rehearsals um, with the theatre management was already a very important political gesture. The second um, kind of area of our work was, um, and still is, extremely important was to um open up um a tiny little space in Warsaw to uh welcome the artistic practices that might have not had a chance to develop uh, to, to develop there because they don't fit uh, the profile of the institutions because they require uh, transnational collaborators because they are more from the choreography field not the theater one or maybe because
0: they are perceived as being too experimental I think you've already answered uh, my next question, which is which was, how do you perceive the notion, the practice of uh, instituting, and I, I would keep the horizontal and more collective ways of working, and also the uh, ability or the um, the creation of networks of transnational cooperation as like the highlights of this process um, as far as I, can, I could understand but since you were talking from um, Your perspective as an arts professional. I was wondering where do you think lies the capacity for transformation within this institution itself?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, that's the that's probably the key question for uh, for nowadays it is very much possible and on many different layers. Maybe I can point out two. One of the layers would be the, the very process of um, of instituting. So I, I really perceive the institution not only as this body that is uh, quite firmly grounded in, in, in particular space and that feels uh, that it's been there forever and it's absolutely untouchable I really think it's the it's the other way around. The institution is happening, or it's 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 the process of instituting takes place every day. I really believe that uh, what is really uh, where the core political potential of being part of the institution lays is in the everyday choices you make and everyday practice you propose. So, for instance, in a way, how you um, if you if you for instance responsible for a particular department, let's say curatorial or dramaturgy department. Uh, the process of instituting would happen on the level how you set up the space for the meeting. Whom do you invite for that meeting? How do you let people speak? How do you listen to them? And of course it may seem very banal, it's super organic, it's, it's really nothing spectacular. What is key here is the, the persistence, is the ongoingness of uh, these gestures and these practices. Um, so that would be one thing when I see the potential of transforming the institution. I really think it's from within and I really think it starts from this very simple, um, basic gestures. The other would be related to the current discussion on about the Me Too in the arts field and the understanding how the figure of the master of the genius artist, uh, can be, uh, dangerous. Um, and I think the, the whole debate around the MeToo um, uh, movement and, and, and performing arts field in Europe brings a potential of the structural change of the institution, for instance, of dismantling the figure of the master, of understanding the artistic process as the collective effort, uh, not only as the emanation of individuals' idea. And I see a lot of potential in um, the way how the institutions, willingly or not, uh, had to or wanted to become part of the transformation. So uh, I see a, a strong potential here, mainly because it's a, it's a broad movement that happens not only in a particular institution, city or country but really mm-hmm. everywhere. So I really believe in the collective voice uh, and, and, and the power of the collective voice here. So also a certain challenge or risk they see uh, when it comes to both, let's say, potentials for transformation is that they both really require time and patience, is that um, they don't necessarily bring results overnight. And they, it might, might be frustrating. And here I see the biggest challenge at the moment when it comes to transforming the institutions from within how to strengthen each other in that process and how to support each other when it doesn't bring the
0: results um, yeah, as quickly as we expected. Uh, I'd like to go back to the School of uh, Infinite Rehearsals. Um, I think it's it is worth mentioning that you happen to be the only female participant in this group. The way that you perceive fem- feminization as an emancipatory process for me is quite important and it is not only about including more female-identified people in leadership positions. So I would like to ask you, how does a feminist institution look like? Indeed, I really think that
1: the representation level is just the first step. So it's really not about only um, yeah, the female uh, representative in the management position, for instance, although I feel it is a, um, a step to take. Um, but what I've also observed is that if it ends up there, it doesn't really bring a change because the structure stays the same. We're working with Agata Adamicka and Igor Stokvishevsky at Teatr Powszechny. It was indeed the, the logic of work that is applied uh, in the institution. For instance, we were wondering how we can uh, bring the visibility uh, to the, the reproductive labor and how we can uh, advocate for a remuneration of that labor in a in a decent way, because um this is what the current uh, let's say modes of operating in the performing arts field do. Because the market also requires to focus so much on the production and the new new premieres, new pink nights, new ideas. They have to be brilliant. They have to be attractive. They have to attract as many audience members as possible, it's all about numbers and it's very rarely about the quality of relations that are being built within the process and we are very much interested in that and this is how we understood the feminist logic of working of the institution was to underline the crucial role of the reproductive labour, labour of many um, Art workers that are very often invisible, whose effort actually make the production possible for the for the theatre. We proposed a, a, a kind of yeah acting board composed by um, representatives from all the departments and layers of the institution, but also by the, by the audience members and the organizations that the institution works with. So we tried to compose a collective body that would um, be part of the decision making process. And that would shape it actively by asking questions and understanding better what is needed in order to the decision to take place to create a program. What was really key for us was also the way how the meeting is organized. And again, we come back to this very basic questions, how the meeting is being set, who is at the table, how often do you talk, how often do you give space for the others to speak and so on and so forth. And... Um, also, like coming back uh, again to your question, I also realized that I struggle to point out at a particular institution right now in Europe and say, this one is 100% feminist, right? Um, I think what is much more possible is to understand certain practices as, as being feminist, but I don't see at the moment the institution that would uh, transform itself completely
0: into a feminist one. But uh, if we already practice these feminist ways of doing things within our own organization, what is the need to name it as a a feminist organization or institution? For me, it's really key as a political gesture.
1: Uh, I mean, um, it's really important to articulate uh, this particular practice as a feminist ones As a way to articulate what type of the change we need in order to counteract the, the overwhelming presence of the, of the patriarchism that we might, that we are embedded. And, um, thinking about it again now, uh, observing carefully how the situation of the, of the war in Ukraine unfolds. How does it shift the debate, uh, and the directions of the social debates at the moment? I see a big danger there. Because the way how the war is being um, has been introduced, and the way how it's being also reported in the media, is that again uh, you see um, mostly male being sent to the front, and women and children attempting to go away from the from the extremely dangerous uh, zone, war zone, and I wonder how these very images will influence again our way of thinking. What is the agency? And I see a big danger of a, of a, back, of a backlash here of, uh, again, talking more about the weapons than about the way how we work together. And I'm wondering uh, how we can contribute to, um, to make that risk of a backlash at least less likely to happen. Or, and I really think that this is exactly the reason why discussing the feminist practices is key really here and trying to imagine a world differently uh, a war, wh- a world when probably this type of conflict is not possible anymore. But also, um, I have to add here that, um, the situation of war underlined again how, um, how difficult it could be to defend feminist values because the violence, the bare violence, when it comes, when it happens,
0: uh, it takes no mercy. I guess uh, language and also um, images as a form of representation are um, two very important institutional foundations that we must uh, dismantle and to articulate differently in order to start thinking but also doing differently. And I'm really glad you're bringing your critical perspective here. Marta, you have been involved in many collective uh, practices of mutual learning Uh, like, uh, for example, the forecast, the School of Thinking With that you curated, which was a space of common learning and sharing practices with performing arts makers and thinkers. I think that was in September, if I'm, I'm not mistaken. And I'd like to ask you, what was your specific interest in applying for the School of Infinite Rehearsals? um i was really i was really fascinated
1: by the idea to um to in a way practice the process of instituting um in frames of the residency but also to um to have this luxury of of uh being able for several weeks to focus on the topic and i got fascinated by the call was the the was where the um, the school is situated? I mean, in Athens, uh, and I was really interested in discovering more the the local scene, but also in understanding better how, um, in in this particular context, uh, which I find a lot of similarities with the Polish one, the one that I'm the most familiar with, um. I was really wondering how it's possible to uh, to institute otherwise, and I perceived the school of Internet rehearsals as an attempt to do so. As it's um, it's in in the let's say logic of market and logic of the way how the institution often work, this type of school doesn't. Uh, uh, it's not possible for it to happen, right? I mean, to offer time and space for for re- for research. Um, And to to offer time and space for accounts at different perspectives and different backgrounds and to actually discover better uh, the local field um, without an obligation to produce immediately on the spot.
0: Did you trace any feminist processes of organization within the city? The trace that that I was following uh, kind of
1: also intuitively and I was really happy to find was a trace of many um, self-organized galleries or or smaller institutions that would uh, work in a way against all odds. I saw a lot of organizations that that are operating in the private spaces and make an effort to also sometimes based on the transnational alliances to make, make an effort to actually change things on the spot by doing. And by giving space for the others, that was, I think, the, the biggest, uh, yeah, feminist trace that was really, uh, really crucial for me to find from the, uh, from the organizations that's such as, uh, um, such as, uh, Carly Roy, if I pronounce it well, or, or the one that Nicolas, um, runs, one of the, one of the participants of the, of the residency, uh, too. Um, or um state of concept Athens. um, I would say the these are just the examples that's that's very, very key for me to understand how. Uh, when uh, things don't seem possible or are not, uh, or when uh, the new initiatives don't feel like being necessarily welcomed in the field because again of the lack of public and structural support, financial and structural one, how they emerge and what they do. What I found extremely fascinating is that they don't necessarily emerge. They're not necessarily initiated in order to give space for the one who initiated them to um, bring their own ideas and, and concepts real. Of course, that happens too. But what I realized was that their main goal is to open space for the others and to create conditions for the others to work and to uh, to share. If we don't have many uh, resources, let's at least share what we have. And in that sense, these resources seem to multiply. It was very clear for me how much of an effort it is required, how much of emotional labor and care it's required to make them uh, sustain. And uh, that was probably something that was uh, extremely exceptional for me to observe. How much of an effort is being there, how much of a genuine need to provide this, how quickly it can become really a gathering space for the others. How can actually the feminist practices or how can the uh, the counter practices uh, exist and unfold in the context that are not necessarily very welcoming them? So I found them as a very strong political gesture too.
0: Thank you, Marta. I have one last question to you. We tend to talk um, about alternative ways of doing or thinking uh, and it seems to me that most of the times we are using this uh, speculative mode as a safety net that sometimes doesn't allow us to move forward and actually transform. What I mean is that we sometimes talk uh, a lot about the future instead of the present and before we close this discussion I was wondering whether feminist practices can actually help us ground our work on instituting otherwise,
1: I be- very much believe uh, uh, so be- exactly because of of the fact that the feminist practices immediately require some practical steps. for instance, um, when I look on the on the code of practice or on a on a list of intentions proposed by um, many institutions that would like to, um, transform themselves towards more feminist ones. For instance, I mean, the code of practice that was proposed by transit, um, dot CZ, uh, some years ago, uh, that's, they're always based on a very practical gestures, on a very basic everyday practices. And this is also what uh, Laura Roth, uh, who is part of the Municipalist Movement in Barcelona, in Spain, and uh, she's an active uh, member of the movement and a researcher at the same time. This is also what she very often points out, that the feminist understanding of politics or the feminization of politics Really starts from the very basic gestures that we very often tend to overlook as less important or again, not spectacular, maybe enough or not easy to promote. Of course, how can you promote the way how you set up the table at the meeting? Right. But exactly these procedures and, and this, um, and the mode of negotiating them. Um, the fact that they are repetitive, this is something that I find that as a very important perspective to ground the work or to, um, to really finally situate it in the present, not in the future only. I totally agree with this observation that very often with projecting a better future and imagining alternatives, we tend to um, kind of maybe also escape a little bit from the present to the future, and we keep busy ourselves with the future, which takes a lot of agency from us. Because what, what we can obviously really influence is the actual presence. It's like the moment right now, but we need to focus on it. And, I, and in that sense, um, a lot of proposals coming from the, from the researchers and, and, and practitioners who are busy with the notion of the feminist institution, um, bring that on the table. They really focus on this um,
0: everyday practices and basic gestures apart from uh, the very practical level that uh, you've been working on, you're also working a lot with um, metaphors, I would say. And I was wondering whether you could talk a little bit about uh, your current project, Breaking the Spell.
1: Of course, um, Breaking the Spell is the, is the result indeed of the, of the struggle um, on how to work Otherwise, in the, in the field, in the performing arts field, um, it's, uh, it emerged from the desire to actually find alliances within um, the, the field with other uh, makers, um, researchers, artists that are interested in the notion of the feminist practice and they actually do practice feminism in, the way, in their modes of working and um i was i was really interested in bringing together um the makers and the the, the curators the researchers that I would be um, busy with the notion of thinking with or uh being with so that would not necessarily talk about uh particular communities or particular problems or particular topics but try to think with them and apply in a way their logic uh in their way of thinking and, um, and therefore, uh, um, I proposed um, four um, institutions in, in Europe, starting with the Residence, uh, which is part of the Schauspiel Leipzig, uh, then Kammerspiele um, uh, in Munich, Verhüt uh, in, in Ghent, and Performing Arts Institute in Warsaw. We gathered together um, a group of 17 artists who travel in different constellations to all of the cities. In order to uh, research together the notion of the practice of thinking with and being with, it's an, it's an, it's an artistic research process that has two um, aims. One is indeed to understand better what a feminist practice and what the practice of thinking with could mean in the performing arts field and what its potent- political potential could be. And the other aim is to strengthen each other as we come from very different uh, countries and, and regions and backgrounds. Each of us has slightly different struggles and is embedded in a different context. And the idea is to, from being firmly grounded in that context, search for transnational alliances who would help us to continue the practice if the context, as is the case of Poland and in many other countries at the moment, becomes unbearable. And um, that need to focus on the feminist way of thinking is also very much rooted In my recent experiences um, in in Poland, when um, uh, the complete abortion ban was introduced, and um, I mostly refer here to the series of protests, which were massive protests, like the biggest protests that happened in in Poland since uh, 1989, uh, that were extremely important political experience, even if they, they, they did not succeed. And I was wondering how we can build based on that political movement, how we can build alliances with the other movements taking place outside, the, uh, elsewhere. And how can we actually, um, having, yeah, very different battles to fight? How can we strengthen each other? And in that sense, um, the project is as much uh, about the, uh, researching the particular practices as it is about understanding what does it mean to be together in them and how we can propose, I very much hope so, a change and another way of working within the arts field by
0: bringing our collective voice uh, together while amplifying it. And where does the notion of uh, witchcraft fit in into this process? Yeah, exactly. The witchcraft came from, again, this particular context that I started to work on the project
1: with, which was the case of of, um, of mass protest against the abortion ban in Poland. When I realized that all of a sudden the notion of the witches, that are really um, dangerous for the society, all of a sudden being perceived as very dangerous by the, the ones who run uh, the country. Actually, I was wondering how come we end up again with this notion and how we ne- can we... In a way, claim it back. And then I came back to the notion of the witchcraft as proposed by Silvia Federici, so as the notion of of, of a particular knowledge and experience way of being that is uh, that proposes uh, an alternative towards the, the one that dominates at the moment, meaning the capitalist or patriarchal one. And then um, I came across this book, um, Written by uh, Isabel Stangas, that is, um, referring to the protest of, uh, and, and, Robert Pinar. They, um, they were, um, describing the protest that took place in Seattle at the beginning of 2000. One of the first alter globalist movements. And, um, they described it, uh, the situation that leads that movement to that protest as a kind of sorcery. And they, they would, that was kind of imposed on us. In a way that we don't seem to see an alternative towards it, it really is as, is' as if we were part of a spell, part of the sorcery. The problem is we don't know anymore who the sorcerers are because it really feels like that's the only one way to go, and that's been here forever, a little bit like some of the institutions are perceived, right? So I was wondering what uh, can performing arts do and what particular practices of artists busy with the notion of thinking with and being with and what kind of spells we would like to to break in order to change the society and in order to find an answer to the current challenges. We try to conceive together um, how to work but also how to position ourselves within the society differently, how can we be useful for it, what kind of the spells we can bring, what kind of the rituals we can bring to the conversation and do they actually have a political power. That will be the uh, the main question of the process. So it's very much about the political agency. How to, in a way, reclaim the political agency in the times when it seems we have none or very little, uh, when we feel overwhelmed by the really bad news uh, concerning the uh, yeah the social or political order. So that's indeed the way to empower uh, ourselves and try to find a way to overcome what seems to be a a trap we found ourselves
0: within. Well, I hope that we managed to break the spell and to release new imaginaries. Mart, it was lovely speaking with you today. Thank you for thinking with me. And uh, I hope we continue sharing our, our thoughts. Absolutely. Thank you so much. It was a great, great joy to talk to you. Thank you, Merto. Thank you for listening. If you want to listen to more conversations, please subscribe to our channel. You can find more about the Onassis Air residency program and each participant at www.onassis.org. This series is produced by Onassis Air. Thanks to Nikos Koljas, the sound designer of the series, and to Nikos Liberis for providing the original music intro theme.